Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. To the AZ Wildcats podcast is brought to you by Neutral. All right, let me find this read real quick. It just went away. I do apologize. Neutral. Um, the uh, let's see. Welcome to the PHNX Wildcats post game show presented by Neutral. They're supporting us in the Territorial Cup week. Neutral vodka seltzers are made with real grapefruit uh, juice, and their variety packs come in a lot of great flavors. Head to neutral.com to find a store near you. All right, with John Schuster, Ben White, I am Mike Luke. All right, guys, Arizona beats Michigan State in a game that was uh, nip and tuck. Um, obviously, the Caleb Love steal there was the one that uh, ended the game right there. Um, guys, this is the epitome to me. When it comes to basketball, shoe, you can't really um, – you don't know who wants the moment in a bit until it actually happens in basketball. That's just the way it is. It's it's one it's one of those sports. What we found out down the stretch is that whether they were going to make the shot or not, Caleb Love and Keyshaw Johnson 1000% wanted that basketball and wanted those plays. Those are the two dudes right there. Yeah, they don't mind being in those situations and that's obviously a good thing for Arizona. Uh if you have some players willing to have the opportunity to try to make some big plays, then maybe it opens some things up as well. Also, remember, Bradley hit a huge shot with about 110 left that turned this into a two-possession game, so he didn't shy away from a big situation uh, either. That said, I'd like to uh, pull out a a direct quote here uh, because uh, it's always always important to uh, quote people directly. Let me see if I can find it here. Uh, Date stamp. 2.37 p.m. texted to this person right here. And the quote is, this is clearly the best team in the country, unquote. That was when Arizona was up by about 15 points. And uh, here's uh, there. there, You might notice uh, folks uh, watching this podcast. uh, The individual to my right uh, was uh, the hyperbole machine who uh, went with that. uh, I stand uh, by it massive uh, pronunciation and one of the things that i have learned in the uh in the hyperbole games uh starring mike luke is that they look a little the uh graveyard at davis monthan air force base there was a point in time 
there was a moment where they were able to fly. And more often than not, a lot of times those babies, as time goes on, just kind of get a little bit grounded. All of that said, hyperbole aside, being that Arizona is, and I quote, Shoot, shoot, you're the buffering. best team in the group. Shoot, you're buffering a ton. Oh. Um, why don't you just? Dang, that's too bad. Yeah. All right. Ben, let Leah. Ben, you go, and then shoot. Table. Let's. Uh, yeah, because you're definitely buffering. Shoot, go ahead. Or right, Ben, go ahead. Well, first of all, I mean, hell of a basketball game. I mean, these two teams are clearly some of the best in the country. Whether you want to say it's Arizona, Kansas, whatever, I don't really care. I mean, first half, Shoe said it. At one point, Arizona was up by 15 points. They were shooting lights out defensively. They really set the tone. And I just don't think Michigan State was quite ready for what they were going to get from a physicality standpoint. I mean, Arizona was checking guards. They were in everybody's faces. They were forcing turnovers. They were getting easy baskets as a result. And for the most part, they kept Michigan State's best player in check that entire first half. So you thought to yourself, okay, Arizona played an an A minus, you know, a first half. They're doing everything right. Like we just broke down there, but it's only a matter of time before Michigan state starts hitting some shots. Now, granted, they're not the best shooting team, but you saw in the first second half there. I mean, they really adjusted in the sense that they were able to pack the paint and force Arizona's guards to do things off the dribble and be aggressive with the shot and be more consistent. And, you know, as a result, the game came down to a point where Arizona didn't score for, what, nine minutes? And you felt like Arizona was hanging on by a thread at times. But ultimately, like you talked about, Mike, different guys stepped up in the moment. Caleb Love wanted the shot because Shad Johnson had the huge offensive rebound. Jaden Bradley off the bench, oh my goodness, hits that shot to essentially put it away. And... And we keep talking about how this team goes eight deep. KJ Lewis forcing that steal at the end of the game puts this one away. So everybody contributed. Arizona hung on and at the right place at the right time, they found a way to pull out here. Shoot, Arizona did have anybody like Lewis or Love last year. Uh, I mean, Lewis or Love, uh, Johnson or Love. And that, and guys that 1,000% just want the ball. They might not make it. They might not, whatever. Those were the two dudes that as good as uh, Umar Bala has been at times, he was a liability down the stretch. Kylan Boswell was nowhere to be found. There's something to be said for experience, for sure. Anything uh, better feed right now? Yeah, yeah, you're better. All right, all right. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's good to have options, I guess. And uh, one of, although... You know, to a large degree, Arizona lot of won, won a lot of close games last year, too. And this game, to me, was kind of reminiscent if you're and, – and I understand that this is a better Arizona team than last year's Arizona But remember, Arizona won a lot of regular season games last year as well and, and, and beat some good teams in the process. Last year that this one was uh, kind of reminiscent to me was Arizona's matchup with Tennessee where it once once things leveled off a little bit the opposition wasn't going to create the to commit the turnovers that was going to allow Arizona to just score in bunches and when that happened then then you were going to have to be successful in a half court game and Arizona was not outstanding in that regard today but they were obviously uh, good enough and had some guys make big enough shots uh, to get some things done all of those things said, I, you know, it was an excellent test for an Arizona team that clearly uh, is going to have to win, like everybody likely will, uh, a lot of close games against a very good competition. And it was helpful that Michigan State in the second half uh, had a game plan 
involved physicality and just trying to push Arizona around. And it, and, and it threw Arizona off its mark a little bit. And it will also, I think, bring up a fair amount of questions in regards to how Lloyd managed the last five minutes of that game. Yeah. And Mike, as you noted in that uh, conversation, a lot of other folks have as well, uh, a key focal point is Ballo. Ballo didn't play particularly well today. Now, up to this point, I think a lot of other people have been a little bit more critical of Ballo overall than I have. Uh, much of that, I believe, has to do with Crevas advancement yeah. as opposed to, you, you know, Ballo necessarily bad. His numbers have been okay. However, today there were a couple interesting things. Kareemus didn't play late in the game, and I don't exactly know why that was. it a confidence decision from Lloyd to try to get Ballo a little confidence early in the season in a matchup? I don't exactly know. But one of the things that becomes perhaps apparent, uh, and definitely against good competition, you hope that Ballo will have some uh, a number of good games as the season progresses. But he has to hit free throws better because if he doesn't, right. teams are going to foul him. And, and those were it, and, and and shoot those were those were prayer free throws. He those weren't those looked like Shaq free throws. In that, yeah, they did. You he they and that there there didn't feel. I know he made one, but it didn't feel like there was any chance that those those shots were going in. It didn't look like he wanted them. It didn't look like there was any uh, uh, reason for it. You also the other thing too. And again, I don't want to turn this into the beating up uh, Umar Ballo thread because he does some very good things. Um, leader of men, Umar Ballo. But you could also tell the Michigan State also made a concerted point to go after him in that he is flat. I mean, I don't want to say flat footed, but he is heavy footed in that he. Whether it's a big, whether it's a small, there's certain players, whether and they range from guards to bigs, Ben, that he just can't stay in front of. And and that's the huge problem, right? I think scoring wise, it's it's it hasn't been an issue for him, but on the defensive end, it it really wears him out. And you saw it today. I mean, Michigan State made that adjustment in the second half where they were gonna say, Okay, no matter what, we are going to pack the paint. We we're going to make it extremely difficult for Arizona's bigs up front just because there was such a wide margin in that first half, especially on the offensive rebounding side. Michigan State couldn't get anything going on both ends of the boards, and Umar Bala was the easy target. And he was the guy that they made it evident they, they were going to scheme out of the game. And as a result, Arizona had to go with four guards at times, right? And and go small, and it worked in stretches. A lot of times it, it didn't work. But yeah, Balo's tough because he brings a lot to the table, but there are just certain matchups and, and certain types of players that he doesn't match up particularly well against. And when you have a physical team like Michigan State that can do so much down low, it's going to be tough. I thought there were times where you know, Lloyd, I think, should have gotten him out of the game earlier uh, than he did, especially there late in the second half. Um, I think the margin would have little bit, been a little bit bigger for Arizona to build a little bit of a cushion if he would have done that. But again, it's it's tough, right? I mean, you know, we have talked about this guy for the last three years and just how progressively better he's gotten each season. And, you know, you get to a point where you're playing, you know, three, four years into this into this program, you kind of are what you are. And unfortunately, yeah. He's not a guy who matches up particularly well against an opponent like Michigan State. He just doesn't. Uh, Shu, I thought you made a point about Crevis. I was a little surprised they didn't go to Crevis as well. My other question is, what did you think of the four, uh, the four, essentially the four perimeter players with Keyshaw Johnson as the uh, as the one big, which they went to down the stretch? Well, I think that's uh, the ultimate extended point here is that maybe if you're looking at some of the earlier Arizona teams under Lloyd, 
there's a limit to the options that perhaps you have coming off the bench. Arizona, at least this year, has options. What I thought was curious is that Lloyd didn't necessarily go to those options, perhaps as quickly as one might expect, and he stuck with Ballo a little while to try to work through it, which was sort of interesting. Now you have a guy in Johnson and quickness and athleticism on the wing that maybe gives you an opportunity to, to if one thing, the point being, I think, that if a team tries to, you know, if Ballo, let's say, isn't a good matchup, and we'll use Ballo as an example because today he was not a good matchup. He did not have a good game. Uh, if Ballo is a problem uh, in the game plan, then you should be able, a good versatility means you can go to Crevis and feel relatively comfortable with that, or you can go to a different style with Johnson as your five and go with more uh, perimeter players. And Arizona was able to utilize versatility uh, to be able to hold off Michigan State. All right. Now you might say, man, I wish I could have bet on this game because I would have covered the four and a half points. Well, we tried telling you this. Go to BetMGM. All kinds of good stuff going on. As you know, uh, you could bet $10 and you'll receive $200 instantly in additional winnings, regardless of your wager's outcome. Sign up for BetMGM. Use bonus code PHNX. Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through BetMGM Sportsbook mobile app of at least $10. You will receive $200 instantly in additional winnings, regardless of your wager's uh, outcome. Check out the show notes for details. Also, it's time for our BetMGM parlay pick. I am I would have parlayed this game, guys, and I am back in the A to cover Arizona against ASU. Ben, Shu, do you agree? Do you disagree? Oh, I, I concur, think Mike Luke. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I I missed on a parlay here because I thought uh, in, in game, I thought Arizona would cover the over. Uh, I keep making that mistake. I, I expect Arizona. I expected this game to be about ninety to seventy. I really thought Arizona was going to control this matchup, right. uh, be effective on the offensive end. Michigan State was going to be able to put up enough points to get to the. Turned out it wasn't even close, uh, and which is which works against my general college basketball theory of just betting the under across the board uh, related to you know, offensive inconsistency. But I like, generally speaking, what I've seen from Arizona's offense, and I tend to go against that philosophy to my own detriment. Uh, the, all of that said, Arizona, this looked like in the first half a game that Arizona was going to cover easily, and then they needed the benefit of a throwaway bucket at the end uh, to be able to uh, take care of that, which I, uh, which is one of the interesting things from a gambling standpoint. Moving on to your football parlay aspect of that, I think, I think generally speak, I think Arizona is going to kick the crap out of ASU uh, Saturday. And, and I feel like this is the bill comes due game. And Wildcat fans are going to uh, hopefully like that a lot. Is Arizona's offensive offense capable of scoring points? Nah, I don't think so. But are they capable of piling on if the opportunity presents itself? Yeah. And I think Wildcat fans will not be terribly disappointed if that opportunity presents itself. All right. Uh, a couple, a lot of people were mentioned in this point, and this was something I didn't get all of the off season because so many people were against bringing in Caleb love because, well, he, he, uh, he was inefficient under Hubert Davis. I have no clue if Hubert Davis can coach or not. It wasn't, uh, something that, um, I've ever been, uh, terribly impressed by, but I've never understood this thing where, well, he's just going to come in and shoot a bunch of shots. Lloyd's not going to let him come in and go three of 18 each game or four of 26. I've never understood that philosophy against adding a player that wants the ball like he clearly does for good or for bad. Tommy Lloyd's a smart dude. 
Tommy Lloyd's not going to put somebody out there that is clearly just jacking up shots for no reason and not playing at all within the confines of the offense, Ben. Well, and especially when you look at the deficiencies and the challenges of last year's teams and the guards, I mean, how many guys just didn't even want the ball in clutch moments? So I think you obviously bring him in because he's a spectacular player, but you bring him in because there's that level of aggression. There's a guy who comes in and shows guys, okay, it's, it's okay to shoot the ball. We need to be strategic how we're doing it, but we need to be dogs. We need to be able to put our heads down and we need to be able to take these shots in games like this, where it's going to come down to a possession or two, it's going to come down to a perimeter shot or two. And, uh, you know, spectacular tonight, what, 17 points, seven of 20. But again, it doesn't bother me as much just because even when Caleb Love takes a shot, you know, for every other player, it may be a bad shot, but six, seven out of times out of 10, that shot's going to go in, even if it's a right. deep three, even if it's a really contested shot. So, I mean, he just brings a different dynamic to this offense and I think that he compliments Johnson very well and even these other guards because, like like we talked about, they, there's not quite a player to the caliber of Love on this team. This team is very talented. They're very deep. They're very athletic. But Love just has a clutch gene in him that these other guys don't have, and that comes from experience. That comes from the type of player he is, and that comes from playing in the Final Four and playing on the biggest stage. And you know, somebody who obviously was looking around at this, you know, a year ago to go to another program. I get the whole Michigan thing, but kid could have went anywhere he wanted to outside of that. He could have went to another school and he could have been the vocal point and, and really the only point of an offense. But he chose to come here because he wants to win, plain and simple. Shu, again, I've never understood that whole philosophy about how um, like a player can't change or a player can't. Well, I, there were so many people that were against bringing in Caleb Love, and I never understood it. And it's games like this. Arizona, in my opinion, doesn't win this game without Caleb Love. I also don't believe they win that game against Duke. Again, I don't want to make him out like he's Khalid Reeves or something. But these are – and Arizona's biggest games of the season, he was the one that wanted the ball. It's good to have. Uh, and hopefully what happens on a grander scale is it's, it's contagious in a positive way. Uh, there was a there was an interesting sequence in this game at the end of the first half where Michigan State was starting to creep back into this game a little bit. And it was love on a play that was breaking down for Arizona because frustratingly, they didn't run a good play to conclude the half. Right. Love bailed them out with a long three that had no business going in. It was great that he made the shot and, and Boswell kicked it off to him. You hope that Boswell is a guy who you feel comfortable with taking and making some big shots as well. But to me, possibly the biggest shot of the game, and maybe this is where the contagion is positive, is that if Love is willing to make big shots, then maybe Boswell is willing to make big shots, and then maybe a guy like Bradley, who did make a big shot uh, on another offensive possession that was also breaking down a little bit. Uh, and, And then if you can spread the wealth in that regard, then what it is that Love can do opens things up a little bit more because you're not in a position where in the in, late in the game, you're double or triple teaming one specific guy. Uh, remember, defenses can handle situations a little bit differently as well. So if you have one focal point who wants to do everything late in games, do you think they're going to play you one-on-one or are they going to work to get the ball out of your hand? And if right. they're working to get the ball out of your hands, then then you have to do You have to have enough confidence in your teammates to be able to do what's necessary to then take the big shot because you're not able to. All right, let's say that you couldn't get into this game and you didn't know how to get tickets. Well, that's your fault because you should have gotten on to game time. John Schuster, have you used game time before? No. 
I thought you used it for a concert or something. Oh uh, well, one of those, uh, you know, one 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 of those uh, backwater, uh, you know, oasis, oh. ri non river, non-running desert concerts where you're the lead singer in your alternate life that you don't really talk about. But fortunately, I can just kind of walk into those, and I didn't need game time. But if I had utilized game time for that event, I probably would have saved three or four times. Yep. All right, check it out. That was the read. Uh, that was the read for Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHNX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHNX. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, uh, prices guaranteed, and Empire Flooring. All right, I have pretty, uh, I have pretty cool floors right here, but Empire had nothing to do with it. They would look even cooler, though, if I did have Empire stepping in here. Check out Empire. You will uh, you'll thank yourself later. Schedule a free in-home estimate. All listeners can receive a $350 off uh, discount when they use promo code PHNX. Restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com slash PHNX for details. Okay, we got to talk Keyshaw Johnson. Um, this is the... I don't know if he's the leader. I don't know whatever verbiage you want to use. Guys, this is the heart and soul of this team, though. Um, you saw it yeah. down the stretch, whether he was picking up a, a Michigan State guard who was absolutely killing Arizona all game and then blocking the shot out of bounds, getting big rebounds, getting the ball under the basket and uh, flipping it up. Whatever the case may be, Keyshawn Johnson has been an absolute godsend for Arizona. And it's somebody, quite frankly, that Tommy Lloyd hasn't had during his entire time here, Ben. Yeah, I would agree with you when you say that they don't win this game without Caleb Love, but they also don't win this game without Johnson. I mean, those two are the clear vocal points and the beat of the drum for this team. And give it to Johnson because I think from a matchup standpoint, this has obviously been the toughest game that he's had to face just because of what Michigan State brings in their front court. But, you know, another topic I'm sure we'll dive a little bit deeper into here is just the officiating. I mean, the guy was getting called with ticky-tack fouls. Um, he had everything thrown against him, and he found a way to still be effective possession after possession. He hit a couple of outside shots, which we like to see the progression there, but we don't want to see too many outside shots. But more importantly, especially in that first half, I mean, he set the tone for what Arizona did offensively. They got the ball inside. He was the main guy, and it was as a result, Arizona was able to build a, a double-digit lead because of it. And while there were challenges in the second half, I think officiating had a lot to do with it. I think Arizona looked just worn down because the level of physicality that Michigan State brings is no joke as well. Um, but point being, he was the one constant in that every single time you had him out there, he was doing something for you. I mean, yeah. Boswell disappeared at times. Love went cold at times. Not every other player on this roster was consistent throughout the game, but he was, and when you got a guy like that, it's just different because the margin of error is different. I think, you know, you look at other teams across college basketball or even past teams, Arizona didn't score for nine and a half minutes in that second half. There were right. fouls, there were turnovers, everything was against them, and they still found a way to survive this game. And I don't think they survive without Keisha Johnson. Shu, what are your, I know that you were intrigued early on by Keisha Johnson and what he could bring. What, through, I think we know kind of what the player is. What are just just break down what John Schuster thinks of Keyshaw Johnson? Uh, there was a, a, a three or four broadcasts ago. We were discussing who we thought was maybe the most important player on this roster yeah, and who was more difficult to uh, uh, replace. And I think most of us went the guard route. I know 
I did. And there was a comment below, and I'm obviously it's three or four shows ago. I'm not going to remember who it was. But I thought it was a really interesting comment that they thought Johnson was the player that Arizona can't lose, can't be without. Uh, and, and, and I think the conversation was that Arizona has two players, two good players at every position. Uh, but Johnson seems to be a real separating entity. Uh, not just in the ability to be able to play five different performers, uh, right. which is which is a that he's he's the toughest for Arizona, I think, to replace, and he he needs to be in this lineup if Arizona's going to make. If there's one guy on the roster and Arizona makes a deep tournament run, Johnson's probably on that roster, and so so you hope that things go well, obviously across the board, but uh, without him. There is. It does seem that Arizona has the potential to st take a step back, as Ben noted, and, and as the commenter noted uh, some shows ago. That's a guy uh, who has a steady understanding of what's expected, and in addition to that, he's a problematic matchup for a lot of teams. Uh, we will probably talk about him having very good to great performances for Arizona game in and game out this campaign. Melo Alvarez, what is going on at Circle K, my friend? They should know that you're a Back the A member. We will get this corrected. Now, if you're at the one on Oracle and Grant, tell them you know Mike Luke because they run when I uh, when I show up as the security presence there. Again, we don't like hearing that. Uh, um, also, uh, we got to talk Jaden Bradley here. That was the biggest shot of the game. Um, yep. Jaden Bradley's kind of been a... People are wondering, is he good? What exactly is his role on this team? Well, I think his role is definitely uh, going to continue to expand. And Ben, he's probably going to be on the court a lot uh, to close out games. He was big. Again, that shot was big. He can play uh, solid defense. There's a lot to like about what Jaden Bradley can bring to the table. Yeah, and in that six-man, seventh-man role for Arizona has been wide open for the most part since the start of the season. And he's certainly who somebody who continues to hit shots. If he does at that rate, he, he's going to slide into there and get a lot more playing time. I get Krebus is huge. He's that first guy off. But again, this kid is young, um, you know, comes from Alabama, super athletic. When he gets his shot going, I, I think he has potential to be a, a really good, consistent shooter if he develops over the course of time. And again, it's, we talk about just, the mentality of this team and just the composure of this team being completely different. Everything was against them. They, they were in no position the last 10 minutes of this game to win. They just weren't. And despite who went out there, whether it was Bradley, whether it was one of the starters, when these players were in positions to hit shots, they took the opportunity. And I think that's what's so great about him and just all the other guys on this Arizona bench is when they go in there, Mike, it's not just to go in there to, to fill some void and, and, and give the starters a rest. People are going in there with a purpose from the bench, right? right. And, and Bradley is a guy who goes in there. He understands that he needs to play lockdown defense. He needs to show his athleticism. But when the opportunity arises and when a big shot is needed, he was no stranger to it. And I think for somebody as young as him, I think somebody who has the room to grow and the runway ahead of him, I think that's great to see, and I think you're going to continue to see that. And it goes to show you just how deep this Arizona team is, and you have eight guys that you can rely on to at least contribute in a positive way for the most part when you put them out on the court. Shoe, that was a huge shot. <laughs> was it, Mike? It was. was it? <laughs> no, that, that. I don't is, like to brag, but there man. are sometimes, sometimes having four eyes is a little bit more man. conducive to success than two. Just your level of analysis sometimes is, oh, man. It's next I, level. I, I, really? Yes. Yes. I, 
Oh man, that, 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 that was, that was well done. That was impressive. Yes. I think, I think <laughs> you agree you know, with the, it. It was the big shot. One of the things overall is Arizona, the difference in Arizona athletically on, on positions one, two, and three. And, and it's glaring in these sorts of situations. I suspect we're going to have some conversations this year where we talk about a guy like Bradley making steps, where we talk about the of a guy like Lewis, uh, you know, we've always we've we've talked about we've, we've talked about plenty of you know love and uh, Boswell, you know, up and down the. But you get into this conversation, mile, and it's and and one of the we haven't mentioned was a guy who had a bad game, but athletic athletically, Pella Larson's pretty good too. Mm-hmm. By comparison, last year on the wing, Larson would have been mentioned what second. Out of from an athleticism standpoint, right. now you have a bench that allows you to increase that number a lot. And I think we we definitely saw that in the first half that Arizona can throw waves at you. They can be very effective, uh, and it's and it's and for good teams to deal effectively with Arizona, they're going to have to limit turnovers and hold their own from a rebounding standpoint and turn it into a half court game. That's still one of the areas where I'm not entirely convinced where Arizona is in its ultimate evolution. And that's that was a major role that got Michigan State back into the game. When Michigan State was flustered and committing turnovers and Arizona was in passing lanes, their uh, transition game was deadly. And it separated, as a result, the matchup. So the reason Arizona was up 15 points in this matchup. And it looked as though Arizona was... Uh, let me see, 237, clearly the best team in the country. Uh, I stand by that. Uh, well, all right. Well, right now you're sitting by that, but uh, we, will, uh, we, will, we will remember that. And I suspect a lot of folks watching and listening to this uh, agree. Anybody with out there that disagrees on- with John Schuster that Arizona is the best team in the country, put in there right now and say John Schuster is right. Arizona is not the best team in the country. John Schuster, with his Big Ten love, I'm sure is going to say. Oh, uh, well, I mean, you've got to go with uh, your your Ben White's beloved Purdue Boilermakers have been very uh, um, impressive early. Nevertheless, uh, you know, it is Arizona's versatility is a good thing. Arizona's athleticism obviously uh, plays a major role in what it is that they're able to do. However, good teams across from them are going to do whatever they can to limit that turnover situation. And if they can limit the turnover situation, then then you're going to have Arizona playing, a, you know, their share of half court basketball games, and they're going to have to win with that style. And then you're going to see teams defensively do what Michigan State did today, uh, and try to pack things in a little bit and make Arizona beat them from the perimeter. It's not an easy thing to do, but you can at least see the recipe. And now it's up to Arizona as part of the ever evolving process in a college basketball or sports season in general to discover what ways work best for them against high caliber competition to continue to deal with effectively what it is that maybe they aren't doing as well as opposed to some of the other things that they are 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 doing very impressively at this stage because teams aren't going to go out there and say you know what we'll just run with Arizona and leave it wide open and throw willy-nilly passes all over the place uh you know they're going to they they they're going to have to be very careful from a possession to possession standpoint because they know Arizona has a lot of weapons and is deadly in the perimeter. All right. There's people in here that are questioning my refereeing skills. Abraham Mendoza, you are a vicious liar. I am a very good referee. 
and as much and and what do you think about this microphone now buddy you're making fun of me for the microphone all these years thank ben white for getting me this microphone also if you think that i hit the lottery with the microphone you might want to check out arizona lottery just saying here's the deal Arizona, you could go out and get your holiday scratchers today. Scratchers start at just $1. Top prizes up to $500,000. Arizona scratchers. Uh, shoe is 1,000% a scratcher. Oh, no. He doesn't He doesn't do the scratcher at all. He might actually win those. Uh, what, he are, goes, what are these right he now? Goes, he, he goes for the big prizes. He goes for the What are uh, these? What do you, what do you are, have there? These are picking triple twist tickets right now because the triple twist right now is over two million dollars. Oh well, I mean, yeah, and the was... pick is over three, three. Right, I, mean... I expect all of these tickets to win. Oh wait, let's not do that. Let's not show you the numbers so that you can freeze yeah. frame my winning numbers. Yeah, uh, that's that a good matters, point. You don't want to do that. Uh, here, I'll show you my credit card in a minute too. That'll be equally as brilliant. <laughs> How about your social uh, security no... card? Can we see that? Too? <laughs> yes, yes. Do they have social security cards in the day eighteen hundreds? You know, they're very small and they were uh, made out of parchment. But uh, yes, it was uh, very much ahead of its time. Uh, so right. so mine is a little uh, faded. But Let's nevertheless, about- this, this Arizona lottery ticket is not faded and it's going to win. Let's talk about Mo Crevis here and what does Arizona. And again, I do not want to turn this into the piling on Umar Ballo, leader of men thread. Big fan of Umar Ballo. Again, mm-hmm. I saw him this past week, Ben White. Um, but Mo Crevis has, I think, a uh, Mo Crevis can just do more than Umar Ballo. And again, that's no. Umar Ballo, leader of men, is a very good uh, basketball player. Um, I am curious if they're going to try to kind of fast track this to a certain extent because what we're now finding out, and I think you're going to see this a lot in close games. If I'm any team, I'm putting Umar Ballo with the line every single time down the court. Um, and I think the issue is the reason the lake, uh, and one guy on Twitter was telling me this and, uh, and I will just tell you that he said, Oh, well they did it with Shaq and that never seemed to really work big picture. He's not Shaq. If he was putting up 38 and 17 each night, then yes, you know what? I'm going to live with him shooting, uh, uh, missing free throws. He's got to be out there. I think at this stage with Mo Crevis, you got to start expediting that a little bit. You got to start giving him a little bit more leeway. What do you guys think? I think the hesitation was there today, but moving forward, if this continues, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Lloyd pull him a lot earlier, especially in matchups like this. Obviously, I think he's going to remain the starter. I think he's fantastic. You know, they were screening him every single play. I mean, they were beating the crap out of him today. Um, it couldn't have been a more difficult day- game for Ballo. But like you said, I mean, Crevis just brings a, an entirely different dimension. I mean, He's a lot more athletic in the sense that he can stay in front of guys. He can also contribute from a scoring perspective. Um, he's kind of that traditional center that you're looking for, minus maybe the outside shooting in college basketball, you know, in the year 2023. So I think it's interesting. You know, Balo, you know, we know he has struggled at times with health. Maybe he's not completely healthy right now. Who knows? But from a matchup standpoint, it's it's just tough and it's it just goes to show you the difference what we're dealing with compared to last year, because there were times last year where you thought, oh my goodness, if you take Balo out of this game, this team could get run off the court. So we're just dealing with an entirely different team that is just athletic and just dynamic in so many different ways. And the way they match up against opponents and the way that teams are scouting Arizona right now, I think is a little bit too easy. Um, Because like we've talked about, all Michigan State really did was screen and, and pack the paint. And I'm sorry, you know, Balo is great. He's fantastic. But 
it can't be that easy to take somebody like that out of, out of the game. Like, I guess that's my frustration. It'll be interesting to see how they handle it. I don't think there's really one clear answer at this point. John Schuster. And I'm not sure there. Uh, I, I suspect, I, I wonder if this is going to be a game by game thing. Yeah. Uh, because if you look at it up to this point, the way that Arizona interior has generally performed is that you like what you see from Crevis in the first 30 minutes, generally speaking. But in the last 10 minutes of some of these games, it's Vallo who has completely dominated. Right. And it's almost like a wear down factor that works for Arizona's favor. And then Vallo can put up some numbers and kind of just, you know, it's like a steamroller kind of bowling over the competition. And, and so Vallo has been very good in that role up until today. Yeah. And, and so it's understandable, I think, to have him in the game late in the game. But there was a point in time where it seemed clearer to us than it was to the Arizona bench that this was just going to be a problem. And like you noted, Mike, the I think the free throw thing is going to be more significant, uh, especially if you're in a position in a tournament game or in a big matchup where teams have to play a little bit of catch up. Right. They and if Ballo's on the floor with eight, set, six, seven, eight minutes left, you're fouling uh, each you're, time. You'll foul him each time. And, and and then and you'll see if you have to get him back in the game. And then if that's the case, Arizona has to have the versatility to be able to go to other options unless Ballo starts to make free throws. And if Ballo starts to become a 70 percent free throw shooter, OK, great. Then that changes that dynamic significantly. If he isn't, then you're going to have to get minutes late in the game out of Crevice. You're going to have to or going to line up uh possibility here where like Arizona did in the last two or three minutes of this matchup they went with Johnson as their big and and more perimeter heavy uh so 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 I suspect this is a game by game thing but I can see teams being aware of Vallow's weaknesses and Arizona hoping that it's in a position to where it can counter effectively one of the things I don't know is at this stage I found Crevis generally speaking at least in my recollection hasn't played much later in games. And I don't know if when he's on the floor, especially in the first half, he looks great. His understanding is very advanced. His footwork is impressive. He does good things on the defensive end. He seems to almost be guiding people uh, to where their position is. He's willing to switch. He seems to be ahead of what Arizona wants to do defensively. He doesn't get himself into bad position. He doesn't jump. He doesn't play pogo stick all the time to block everything that's on the inside. He's a good rebounder. The footwork on the offensive end is there. Crevis is very impressive. Uh, it, it's it's understandable why he was rated as highly as he was. However, I don't know that he's been as impressive in the second half this season. And I'm wondering if that's an opportunity thing or maybe a conditioning thing at this stage. So maybe as the season moves along, if his conditioning improves, then perhaps we're going to see a little bit of a flip where Krivis gets more meaningful minutes. Well, that's also where I'm curious about it because he's obviously already a very good free throw shooter. Um, so if you... If yes, if, if the conditioning, if that's if that's an issue, then like you said, you, there's really nothing that you can uh, you can do about that. But if you've got if you've got a big man that's got that kind of ability shoe that can shoot uh that can shoot 78 percent from the line, you'd like to be okay. able to push that a little further along. I, I think you're right. Uh, and but uh, there are there are some comp there there are some mysteries here that have yet to be solved. Uh, and and that mystery is. I don't know if Crevis conditioning is that good. 
whether if you if you expend him in the first half, does he have the energy necessary to be effective in the second? No clue. He might. I just don't know right now. Right. Uh, and or is this a is this a Tommy Lloyd stubbornness thing? Is it trying to give Ballo the confidence that he needs uh, going forward to try right. to help Arizona in that regard? Again, keep in mind, I think Ballo has been good for Arizona in the last 10 minutes of most games this year. So if that's the case and that's the track record you have so far, then you'd play Ballo. And in this matchup against Michigan State, obviously Michigan State either had a game plan or kind of stumbled into a game plan. And the way that they attacked Ballo on an off day worked for them, and maybe it's a blueprint that other teams uh, can can move along with. It's an interesting thing, I think, to pay attention to. We'd, I'm, I'm just not sure we have the answers. There, there are a lot of unresolves at this stage. From an outsider perspective, it looks like, well, of course you'd play Crevis. Crevis is the better of the two. But I'm just not sure that Crevis is a 30 to 35-minute interior guy yet. Perhaps he is, but you know, I just don't know. Ben, the one thing about this team, too, that is really uh, unique is that you've got three players that come off the bench that are big-time, big-time contributors. I keep, I keep uh, again, K.J. Lewis, to me, is about as good an athlete that's ever that's ever come through this program. And there is, again, I mean, there is a – he is a difference maker. Mo Creeves is a difference maker. Jane Bradley is a difference maker. You're – I mean, as Jane Bradley showed here, you're bringing in three difference makers off the bench, and that's something that very few teams in the country uh, uh, have. One through eight, there's not a team in the country that has the depth and ability, I think, at this stage right now as we sit here on Thanksgiving as Arizona. Um, all three of those guys, like you mentioned, they've been fantastic. They've shown what they can bring in certain opportunities in certain times, and they all complement each other, I think, very, very well. Um, it'd be one thing to have you know, a couple of guards off the bench who are maybe good shooters, but maybe they're a little bit streaky and not quite ready but you've got three different guys here that can do a number of different things. And that's what Arizona is going to need in games like this, where things don't go their way. Their hands are kind of tied behind their back at times, just because of maybe they're having issues from a shooting perspective, or maybe there's guys like tonight where you have three key guys in foul trouble. They're late five, six minutes into that game. And you're going to have to rely and turn the reins over to somebody else who can help you stay in the game or at least pull away. And Bradley was that guy tonight. I mean, Crevis, like we talked about from a matchup standpoint, this is not a good matchup for Balo at all. He was there tonight. So Arizona complements itself very, very well because if there's one matchup or one maybe skill or thing that a player can't do well, there's a guy on that bench who can who can make up for that weakness by and large. And I think it's a lot farther along than a lot of us thought. Um, the Crevis situation is interesting. I, I lean more on the side of I just don't think he's been given a lot of the opportunities in the second half. But it's a fair point to question if whether or not he's ready to play 30 to 35 minutes a game. So we keep talking about and using the theme good problems to have. I mean, Arizona has some good issues here, especially that rotation six through eight that a lot of teams in this in this college basketball landscape that we live in don't have. And Izzo even said as much after the game, you know, one through seven, um, this is one of the most impressive teams that he's seen so far in the country. And it goes to show when you win a game like this, where everything is against you. And, you know, a lot of times Arizona wouldn't pull off and, and win a game like this. And I think it goes to show you the bench that they have and the quality that they have is a lot further along than they thought. And really when you compare it to the rest of college basketball, 
Arizona's right there at the forefront of guys that you have on the back end of your rotation. They really are. Uh, Shu, I was asking, I asked Rhino about this yesterday and um, about how this reminded me, this reminds me a little bit of the 03 team. Again, just that when you brought in an 03, you could bring in Hassan Adams and you could bring an Andre Godal off the bench that were just pure energy that were, and you could make the case they probably should have played a little bit more. This is, it's not a perfect comparison, but it reminds me a little bit of that when you bring in uh, KJ Lewis, when you bring in uh, Mo Crevis and uh, Jane Bradley. Yeah, from a bench standpoint, Arizona's depth in that regard, and it obviously plays a big deal. If you're that athletic and have skill at that level, most teams struggle to match up with that, and it's the opportunity, I think, that Arizona has to sometimes extend the games that they may be leading slightly into double-figure advantages. And then hopefully, from a Wildcat perspective, you're able to just do your job from that point and you know, not coast, but if you execute well, you can hold off rallies uh, on the other end. So I think Arizona's depth uh, at a variety of positions is going to be a big storyline uh, throughout the course of the year. So in that regard, perhaps there's certainly an 03 comparison. I still see them, or, or at least portions of them, and maybe it's Johnson and the athleticism and on, on the wings. I still see them more comparatively like some of Miller's best teams about 10 years ago who play a style that we would have preferred Miller play where they get into the passing lanes and, and are deadly in transition. They have that kind of athleticism to me on from one through four. And, and that's a good, that's that kind of versatility and being able to hit you from that many spots uh, obviously makes it difficult for a lot of teams they're going to play. Yeah, and that's where I think it becomes fascinating is that they can just continue to hit. Now, let me ask you this, Shu. What do you think? Because he's I, he's somebody that I've I've admired from afar for quite a while. What do you think of KJ Lewis and what you've seen? I like it. I yeah. I, I like what I've seen. I, I I and I and I think one of the conversations, Mike and Ben, that uh, again are going to pop up throughout the course of this year is that your you're going to have games where you start to talk in positive tones about a specific player who maybe hasn't been as consistent as you had hoped in the first, what, five or six games. Right. You know, I, I think one of the <clears throat> one of the things, and we talked about this on the last basketball broadcast too, uh, and, and we talked about in regards to Bradley, one of the things that happened with, you, you know, the there, there were a lot of folks out there who were kind of critical of the way that Bradley was developing. And my argument here is that um, most teams in college basketball, especially with all the movement, take longer to gel than they have in the past. So Bradley is the norm. He's a, and guys like Bradley, guys like Lewis are the norm on most every good basketball team in the country. It's Arizona that is the outlier here with a bunch of guys who understand the system fast and are able to implement it in a very effective way. So it's understandable that a player like Bradley, a player like Lewis, they both have remarkable athletic upside. Right. can be very effective, but in the early stages seem inconsistent to what it ultimately want to do. Example today with Lewis, first half. Lewis threw some really lazy passes on the perimeter that Michigan State took advantage of, and it led them to opportunities that kind of kept them in the game, you know, in the early stages when things were about to get out of hand. Now, there are also some good defensive places uh, plays by Arizona uh, in some of those situations that leveled it off as well. But one of the things that Lewis learns as a result of that is, oh, wait, there's better competition here. I have to make better passes, <laughs> even if it, you know, all, all that sort of stuff. You can't, 
you can't laze your way through it like you could at at another level. So there there are there there are guys who are new to the program who aren't perfect yet. And they're not Caleb Love explosive yet, or they're not Johnson athletic in a way that jumps off the screen at you. But they're very talented. They're excellent from a complimentary standpoint. And they and and, and in the long term, they give Arizona the depth and consistency and especially defensive ability, I think, that you want from a program. All right. Now, Ben, um, listen, I know that Ben was just going Ben, Ben kept trying to FaceTime me during the game because he was punching walls. He was going crazy. Ben needed the Ben should have just gotten some wink drink wink Ben to be able to help you out a little bit Uh, available in either 2.5 milligrams or five milligram cans. You can find wink right here in Arizona. Look for wink at all Sunday goods dispensaries in the Valley and Botanico dispensaries in Tucson. You can also save money online by going to drink wink and use promo code PHNX for 20% off. Ben white was going crazy. If he had had some wink, it would have been much better. Also, uh, go to GoPHNX. We got all kinds of good stuff for a Black Friday sales, my friends. Black Friday sales. That's all kinds tomorrow. Of, yes, that's all kinds of good stuff. And you can buy this very cool shirt, this BTFD, all kinds of good stuff. Go to GoPHNX.com. Um, all right, TLN, this is very true. KJ Lewis would be the best player in the Big Ten. He would be the best player the Big Ten has ever <laughs> seen or has seen since Isaiah Thomas. And certainly the most athletic. Okay, this was obviously an awesome, awesome win for Arizona. To show you how good things are, we're going to briefly break down Arizona football now and what needs to happen tomorrow. Um, I'm trying to get the uh, great Jacob Franklin to be able to get me uh, to do a post game if Oregon State beats Oregon. We will find out. Um, This is all that needs to happen for Arizona to play the Pac-12 title game. Oregon State needs to beat Oregon and Arizona needs to beat ASU. Um, I, I think Oregon state's got a real chance here, fellas. I know Oregon's favorite. I think Oregon state's got a real chance. Let's say both of you. I think they have a chance. I, I just think Oregon is so damn talented. I, I, I know you were talking yesterday offline about the schedule and you, you don't think the fact that they've beaten anybody really legitimate, but you just watch the way they play. I mean, I'm sorry, their offense. I mean, it, it might be the best. I mean, outside of Caleb Williams and, and the way that they've kind of deteriorated, their offense is, is the best in the conference. I just think top to bottom, they're really talented. But again, you know, Oregon State has shown at times, especially later in the year, you know, from a defensive standpoint, that they have the ability to, to slow teams down, kind of like how Arizona has this year. So, I think it comes down to Oregon State's defense. If, if they can make Bo Nix uncomfortable and, and stop the run game, which has just been so easy for Oregon, um, there's definitely a chance there, Mike Luke. John Schuster. I wouldn't. I, yeah, I think that's spot on. Uh, Oregon State's good. Oregon State is deserving of the ranking that they have. What Jonathan Smith has done there is is a remarkable job. Oregon's better. Uh, I... I Oregon looks to me like a very dangerous if if they uh, work there if they get a rematch with Washington Oregon wins I think and Oregon wins convincingly in that matchup and obviously to get there they have to knock off Oregon State which I think is something that you know they're rightfully favored you and I talked about I think Ben was joining us as well what a show or two ago and you gave it what a one in four shot of happening I think that's you know I think that's probably right I'll take it yeah right hey at this stage it's absolutely remarkable, and, and given that this is the 
swan song for the pack X. The one team that has never won the conference. Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be amazing mm-hmm. to back its way into the title game and then win in Las Vegas? Uh, that would be absolute. So, so why not Oregon State? I mean, oh. you know, why not? Uh, I now, now I think Oregon's going to win, but hell, I didn't think Arizona was going to rattle off. Did any of us think, you know, yeah, you said, I think Arizona's got seven win talent. They're going to go to a bowl game. I think Ben said more or less the same thing. Uh, uh, I I don't think you, any of us were saying, you know what, Arizona's is going to run the table. They're going to be eight and three. And, and, and they're going to be right now. Yeah. Some of oh, us can't I'm, be as, not, as, as cool as us, uh, Shu, you know, unfortunately. I'm, I'm speaking for the two of you as well. You were not saying that. You oh, no I said seven wins. Time. I said seven wins, and, my friend. And they're an eight-win football team, which means that you did not say that. All right. So they have even exceeded your – now, all, all that, all that. So, These are so, scurrilous lies and slanders from John Schuster. That you just agreed with because you said you thought they'd be a seven-win team. No, true, true. I'm agreeing that I lied. Or, uh, all right. I keep getting crap about the trick play. That was an awesome trick play WMB 1977 IFY. Very cool. It worked. I still don't like the Jed Fish trick plays. If two work out of 25, I, I don't like the trick plays. I, it, it's awesome that it worked. What do you guys say? Am I being stupid? No, I, I, I think there's a slight there's a slight difference here um i'm generally speak I, I when we had this conversation in the first two and a half years of arizona football i completely agreed and the gist of it was that arizona was not uh deceptive enough in those plays and so they 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 they, they were easy to sniff out and, and and they just looked disastrous however trick plays work when you do other things basic that's a good point well Defeated quarterback has has been a lot more effective consistently on the offensive end. So when you're able to run the ball well, when you're able to move the chains well, trick plays have a better opportunity to work. And I think that's one of the reasons they finally worked against Utah. So I'm not against trick plays if you do other things well to set that up. If you're doing a trick play because you got nothing else. That ain't going anywhere. It's going to be a disaster. And frankly, for Arizona, for the first two and a half years, it was a it was a laughable disaster. But now that Arizona does every a lot of other things, so so the 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 criticism was justified. In in the last six weeks, since they've gotten better doing other things, it gives you maybe a little bit more leeway to try something here and there. All right, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Would you like these trick plays with Jaden Delora as opposed to Noah Fafita if he was in there, friends? Ben White? No, absolutely not. John Schuster? No, because the the likelihood is that Delora wouldn't run the offense as well as Fafita has. And then you'd be in a situation where you were running plays uh, that looked gimmicky again because your offense wasn't as good as it's become. Yes. All right. So all kinds of good stuff. This is honestly, I meant to ask you, uh, meant to ask you this as well, Shu. Is this the healthiest that Arizona football and basketball has been since the mid to late nineties, as far as just feeling sustainable, feeling Man, if, if the coaches stay in place, obviously you can, you, you, it's hard to argue that it isn't right. Because Rich Rod never felt sustained. Ben, you can hop in your two uh, after shoe, but Rich Rod didn't feel sustainable to me. And that Rich Rod always felt like he was always out. He was out scheming you. He was getting dudes that looked like me in space to make people miss. 
it just didn't feel, it felt like so much had to go right. Whereas with, with Jed Fish's teams, it just feels like they're better. With the really good Dick Tomey teams, it just feels like they're better. That, to me, is the difference. Yeah, I mean, they've built a foundation, right? I mean, it's not a gimmicky, you know, we have one top 25 team this year because we out-schemed everybody, we got lucky, we beat Oregon, you know, with Marcus Mariota on an off day, etc. A lot of things for Arizona have just gone completely in the direction of starting from the ground up and building it with good talent and good players. I think it's hard to compare what we even saw 10 years ago because that football team, I think, had some good players. It was definitely a good story, but there was no foundation. I mean, schematically, we talked about how, you know, with the type of player you have just being so undersized, I mean, how are you going to compete defensively? And the fact that, you know, your quarterback was kind of up in the air, right? And when you lost carry and you lost some of these other running backs and weapons, there wasn't really a guy to step in to replace them. I think the difference with this Arizona football team, much like the basketball team, is you have better players and you have depth. I mean, you have a foundation, and by and large, if things continue the way they are, they should be a pretty good, maybe top 15 team next year if things stay on track. So I think it's completely different. I think this is clearly the healthiest both programs have been combined in, in quite some time. It's not even close. And uh, yeah, I, I think you could favorably argue. Remember, uh, I, I say remember for a lot of the folks out there, this was probably before they were alive. Uh, Jim Livengood took over the program from an athletic director standpoint. I think it was 1994. Mm -hmm. In 94, uh, Arizona had come off a Fiesta Bowl in football where they four. rolled where, where they old rolled Miami off the floor and a Final Four in men's basketball. So and so so things looked good. But then if you combine things beyond that, you're looking at 97, obviously, they won the basketball title, but the football program was, what, five and six, six and five, somewhere in this area, about to move up into 98. Uh, you know, a 98, you could argue favorably. The 98 football team was exceptional, and the basketball team uh, had, you know, was, what, one game away from a Final Four and was a number one seed. Uh, so, so those are two off-the-top-of-my-head examples. But then if you get... You know, beyond the millennium, you can't make the statement with Makovic. Uh, Arizona hasn't been to a Final Four since 2001 in men's basketball. They've been to, what, five Elite Eights. So yeah. they, they were good in those regards. Uh, so I think you can favorably say that, you know, yeah, yeah you're talking 25 years. You're looking at an Arizona football team that is, that is going to go to what? The Alamo Bowl? The Holiday Bowl? The, let's not minimize it, my friend. Right. I mean, and, and, the Pac-12 title game. Let's let's not even forget game, that. John yeah. uh, right. And and so so that's a that's a really good. Obviously, that's very good. And you're talking about an Arizona basketball team that looks like they could be a number one seed in the tournament again. Uh, so uh, the the better part of that is, as you guys have noted, is that Lloyd looks like he pretty clearly has things mowing along. And Arizona is about to be a uh, a program juggernaut again, and Fish appears to have, as Ben said, set the foundation uh, for an Arizona football team that looks like it's more than a six week wonder. And 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 when you're in those sorts of situations, yeah, you can favorably make the argument that maybe this is the this is the mo this this is the healthiest, and we don't mean from an injury standpoint, but from a stability of program standpoint that the football and the men's basketball team has been at the same time. And yeah, could be upwards of 25 years.
All right, it is now time for the Desert Financial Credit Union by the numbers segment. All right, here's what we have. Jacob Franklin signed off early, so that means that I have to do this. Um, Turkey consumed a lot. Belly's full a lot. Thanksgiving. Jacob's happy. We're happy. Jacob's happy. When you open a free checking account online, get $200 in bonuses. Get started by visiting desertfinancial.com slash 200. They are here to help you, my friends. Okay. This was a Michigan State. Uh, let's just sum this up. Michigan State's a good, uh, good basketball team. I don't know that they're a top 10 team, but they're clearly a top 15 to 20 team. This is a win that is going to age very well. Um, looking ahead at Arizona's schedule, especially when they hit the pack, guys, Arizona's not going to lose many games this year. I mean, listen, you're going to lose a few, but this feels like a team that's probably going to lose about three or four games max. And this definitely feels like a team that's going to be a one seed in the West. Uh, and again, things could happen, but I stand by my text to John Schuster. This is clearly the best team in basketball or college basketball. Ben one white. What say you? And then John Schuster is always the venerable one gets the last word. It's a hyperbole, but it, it's hard to disagree with that at this point, nice. right? Because you, you look at all the other teams and I mean, we saw our fair share just with it being feast week. I mean, you saw Purdue, um, you know, struggle at times. Obviously they look impressive, but offensively they have some challenges. Kansas has been inconsistent. Um, Duke hasn't quite had the level of consistency that a team like Arizona has had. So yeah, if you want to say Arizona is the best team in the country, I'm not, I'm not going to stop you there. Um, but at the same time, still got a long way to go. Um, I think that you're going to learn more about this team, you know, over the next six weeks than you might learn about them probably throughout February, just because of the equality opponent you're going to face. You got Purdue, you got Florida Atlantic, Alabama, a good amount of non-conference games that are going to be must-see, you know, from a matchup standpoint. I think what Arizona did tonight was was really, really impressive. Um, Michigan State threw everything they had at Arizona. They're very big. They're very athletic. They have length. They have versatility. They're not the best offensive team per se, um, but they know how to make Arizona uncomfortable. And you saw it in the second half. There was a good stretch where Arizona didn't score for at least 10 minutes. I think with four minutes left in that game, Arizona only had two assists on the half, which goes to show you just how they were able to disrupt the offense and make things challenging. But it was Caleb Lubb. It was Kashaw Johnson with that huge offensive rebound. And more importantly, it was Jaden Bradley off the bench hitting that clutch shot. So you had everything flow at the right time there in the last five minutes. And, you know, we can't emphasize the point enough that, I think it's hard to argue against the fact that while Arizona may not have A-plus guys on the bench, I think in terms of what they're able to do at this point in the season, they bring a lot to the table that other teams don't have, even in the top 10 there, Mike. And you saw tonight with Bradley hitting that shot. You saw tonight with K.J. Lewis going in there defensively and, and, and disrupting things. And Arizona's in a great spot. And if you're watching the game, I think overall, it's pretty clear that at least at this stage that Arizona has more depth than I think more up and down the roster talent than Michigan State does. But Michigan State's a team that's going to be better in January, February, and March. They're, they look to me like there's going to be a lot of inconsistency there that's going to be a learning process, and they're going to figure it out and be, as per the usual, a problem come tournament time. Uh, so Arizona is going to be the benefactor I think of a win like this, you know, you already look at what they've done as far as the non-conference is concerned and who they play. If they hold their own in the non-conference and do what they're supposed to do, as far as league play is concerned, it's hard to, it's hard to fathom that you're going to move Arizona to another region. And, uh, you know, it seems like they're, they're going to be there. They are, cl they cl pretty clearly have the inside track to be the number one seed in the West. 
and that's you know what you're trying to do and you know it's nice to be what they've done and uh, Michigan State I think helped them a lot uh, I agree adjustments uh, and, and and the ability to make it difficult on Arizona I think helps the cats to recognize sometimes you don't necessarily you don't necessarily need to be like Mike Luke sometimes you get your head out of the clouds uh you can uh you can that was maturity I don't know what the hell that was uh it, the, the beautifully done uh and and it's one of the things who understands the necessity that the toughness they're going to play the physicality that's going to be across from them, how teams are going to try to attack them and what they have to, and how they have to go about trying to counter that. And those are very helpful learning lessons that I think uh, were very much a benefit for the cats today. All right, you guys out there, you are the ones that make the show as always really appreciate you. Thanks for putting up with my hyperbole. Although sometimes hyperbole, just like a cliche can actually be accurate. John Schuster is going to learn this the hard way for the great Ben White. Making more money than we can ever imagine. John Schuster, delivering to the people, serving the community in times of need. To me, being a dork, I we appreciate you all. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats postgame. Go Beavs! And again, if the Beavers win, postgame show tomorrow night, my friends. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. <laughs> Y'all silly like the mayor.